Five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the WDMA. We're going to be talking about marketing in a recession and that sort of thing today. Okay? We're going to have a lot of good ideas for you when your budget isn't as big as you'd like. Right? That's what we're going to be talking about. Okay, and so let's start with Juice Burst. Uh, they, uh, they were upset because they didn't have enough budget, and so they decided, in the name of their fruit, to execute some fruit on camera. Lemon, we've got mangoes, almost any fruit you can think of will be blowing up there today. We just use a small pyrotechnic charge, replace it inside the fruit and uh, initiate it electrically. This is one of the charges. Things are really challenging are little things like blueberries, grapes, raspberries, because they're so small it's really hard to get a charge in there. It's not going to obliterate it, it's just going to sort of leave something that you can read on the high speed. Shooting on a Phantom Flex, which is a high-resolution, high-speed camera. You have to have a lot of light because it's going to shoot at high frame rate, so we have 20,000 watts of light today. But because we're blowing fruit up, it never works the same way twice, so it's always slightly lit. At the end, they blow up. Using their phones to explode the fruit on pack, it's going to look amazing. Here it goes. Boom. Juice burst. That's cool. <laughs> Okay, so when you don't have any budget, blow up your product. You know, it reminds me of the Will It Blend uh, breakthrough, you know, where the where the the founder of the company was walking down the hall and late at night and he hears this giggling in a laboratory and the guys in the back are are throwing stuff in the blender to see if it'll blend. And they're throwing in pens, and they're throwing in, you know, all kinds of sh marbles. Let's see if we can blend marbles. And they're laughing, and they're throwing stuff in. So he goes out and gets a camera for 50 bucks or something and puts up uh, puts up a, a semi-serious but also silly... Uh, <laughs> Also, silly video on YouTube in the early days of YouTube, and it got rated the number one YouTube video of the week, and it got millions of views. And now I have a Blend Tech blender. There's a big story behind it. I mean, he got a blender. The guy got a blender for his wedding as a wedding present, and it worked for about a week. And he said, I'm going to build the best blender there is. And he ended up making his own wire because he couldn't get wire for the armatures for the motors that it was consistent enough and he you know just and he it was only a commercial product really but after will it blend then uh costco or sam's club or somebody picked it up and now you can get one for your home and i have one and so anyway great marketing story on a budget you know it costs basically nothing okay and that brings us to the Costco story, okay? And this is an excellent, now what I have to do here? This is an excellent story. Costco hot dog combo, $1.50 by Trung Fan. This guy's got some real creative uh, stories. I really like his, his stuff. He's got a real creative perspective on things. The Costco hot dog combo is a legendary meme, but how does it still cost only $1.50? Introduced in 1985, the price should be about $4.20 if adjusted for inflation. And um, But the, the $200 billion warehouse retailer has done everything in its power to keep the price down. And Costco sells a lot of them, 130 million hot dogs a year, 
more than all the major league teams combined. I believe that. Many believe the $50.50 combo is a loss leader for Costco, but that's incorrect. In 2009, an interview with co-founder and former CEO Jim Senegal, looks like Jim Senegal, told the Seattle Times, Costco doesn't engage in loss leaders. The only time we sell below cost is when we've made a mistake and have to mark it down. However, the retailer does, anyway. So, uh, to keep the cost down, it dropped leading hot dog suppliers like Hebrew National and Nathan's because they wouldn't lower their prices. In 2009, Costco built its own hot dog manufacturing plant in Louisiana and has a second one in Chicago. It got better pricing on buns, ketchup, and mustard. It removed the onions and sauerkraut. Yeah, I've never forgiven them for the sauerkraut going away. I don't care that much. Pickle relish is close enough. It dropped the Polish sausages. The pop that came with it was swapped from a canned re to a refillable fountain, which was less expensive. Um, in 2018, the current Costco CEO, Craig Jelenic, was recounting a conversation with Senegal, who he replaced. <laughs> he said he wanted to raise the price of the dollar hot dog pop combo. Senegal shot back, if you raise the price of the effing hot dog, I will kill you. Figure it out. <laughs> Costco has figured it out, and the CFO, Richard Galanti, said it would remain at $1.50 despite rising inflation. There are some businesses that are doing well with margin, like gas businesses in a smaller way in the travel business. Those things help us be more aggressive in other areas, as you mentioned. Hold the price of the hot dog and the soda a little longer and forever. <laughs> Sounds right. So here's a picture of the, the Kirkland hot dog. Uh, there's another article that says, basically, it's not just a quarter pounder. It's a 4.4 ounce hot dog, all beef. He said it, They said it's one of the best hot dogs you can get in the whole world. And the soda is refillable. You know, what could be better than that? So just for fun, you know, the Marcus Theaters in our area, which I think it's a pretty local chain, is uh, Marcus Theaters is uh, has had a Tuesday night special for literally for years. And before COVID, my wife and I used to go there almost every week. We would go because it was like a date night for us, okay? And uh, and so I got an email a couple weeks ago, maybe two weeks ago, saying that the value night, you know, remember the value night, but we're raising our price from $5 a piece to $6 a piece, and you get 50% off on the concession stand. And I went, what? No more free popcorn? They had this free popcorn deal. So I... Wrote a reply. Didn't get any. Didn't didn't hear back. <laughs> I wrote a reply and I said, "Hey, what happened to the free popcorn?" And I didn't hear back. Of course, why would I, right? Uh, although I heard that they're looking for a director of marketing, and they're in Milwaukee, so you know I could probably apply for that job. But for some reason, Greg Marcus, the I, I typed in Marcus Corporation on Twitter because I thought, you know, sometimes when you complain on Twitter, you get an answer. And so he wrote me back last night, Greg Marcus, the CEO. 
of Marcus Theaters. And I said, hey, what about the popcorn? And I sent him this article about that. I think I did. Uh, or I think I sent him a link to it or something uh, about the $1.50 uh, Costco. And he wrote back and he said, do you know how much that? <laughs> oh, no. He said, how much? What's the percentage of sales that the hot dog represents? Which, you know, as if to say, you know, when somebody comes in for a hot dog, they probably can go out with a $200 TV set, you know, and that's true. Whereas in the in the movie business, the concession stand is a big deal. So I thought I'd offer Greg uh, a couple of suggestions. Well, one suggestion was I've noticed that they clean out the popcorn bin because I'm there late at night sometimes. We go to the 9.30 show. There's nothing going on when that comes out. And I've noticed that they're throwing away the popcorn. It looks to me like they're throwing it away. They're, they're scooping it out and putting what it looks like trash bags. A lot, a lot of popcorn. I'd say maybe you should take that popcorn and package it into little, like, little ba- bags. Or, or actually, you know, I buy popcorn sometimes at the Quick Trip. And so maybe you could get the popcorn packaged up and and just have it ready made so that it's not such a i mean my wife goes you know would you like a little uh, you know fake butter on that or would you like a little extra salt you know and then and people stand in this line for this free popcorn just hand out a bag when they get their ticket have a bucket of them you know and uh that wouldn't cost you pennies because you got all the popping machine as it is uh something like that there's got to be a way that you could still offer free popcorn Maybe it's not the best popcorn. Maybe it's yesterday's popcorn. <laughs> you know, how long does it sit in the grocery store? Probably for weeks. Gotta work. So get creative. That's the point. Okay. And so now let's talk about leads on on a tight budget. Okay. And this is Craig Huey. It's a challenge. Uh, they 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 were asked by a company called Surf Control, which is some kind of security software global provider and they said surf control was focused on the constraints of their budget my team showed them how they could get the same or better sales than their competitors without increasing their budget by creating a unique issue-oriented strategy dividing the audience into small verticals and one of the verticals was the healthcare industry okay and it has something to do with hipaa and compliance with hipaa and they and they uh, and I'm going to share one of my stories. Uh, I, you might have noticed I'm drinking coffee out of the Uns and Company mug. Now this was before I got into the imprinted merchandise business, and I know that this was not the best mug. You can still barely read it. So Uns and Company hired me to get creative with their business. So we're going to take this, and um, we'll go over to the cam here. And this was the catalog when I got when I got called in, okay? And it is extremely boring, okay? It's got pictures of forms and pictures of signs. And it's for compliance in the safety industry, right? Nothing but pictures of little pictures. It looks a lot like e-commerce today. You know, there's just... And then there's another one over here, and this is the form, the import-export forms. This was a big part of their business. Does that look exciting to you? No, it doesn't, right? Okay, and here's stuff about their forms, and here's what most of the catalog looks like. How about that? <laughs> Black and white and gray, the little red. 
no pictures, no nothing. My goodness. And the, pu the puzzle was that they were selling these products. You could buy a hundred of a particular form for like $10, so 10 cents a piece. Or you could buy them from these guys and they would be, they could be $10 for a fish shipping kit, you know, where you could buy these forms for pennies. And, but the reason that was the case was in the old days of typewriters and things and impact printers, if you typed a form, you know, and you got the name of the company and you misspelled it on one form, you know, you might be selling a million dollar desalinization machine, you know, to Saudi Arabia and it's sitting in customs for weeks because they say, well, is it this company or is it that company? How do we fill out our stuff? You know, these forms don't match. And so they sold overlapping forms and they would actually meet with the company, with the, with the countries and they would design the forms in conjunction and partnership with the countries. And they would, um, and it was really interesting because in Israel, when they did it with Israel, they put a pattern on it, a, a border around it. So it was like the official negotiated, uh, they called them, they called them um, reconciled forms or something like that, where they, where the, where the typewriter would go all the way through all the forms, and you'd get five different forms in a pack, you know, in carbonless, in a carbonless pack, and, um, and so they copyrighted that thing, and so nobody could import or export into, or import into, into Israel without that form of theirs. They made a lot of money on just deciding to put a little border around it. You're learning a lot on this show, right? But anyway, so I talked to him about it and I said, you know, you're not, your catalog doesn't reflect the cost of non-compliance. And we did this similar thing with, with Hopkins that sold, um, and it was in the medical field. I have a Hopkins catalog behind me, but I'm not going to go digging for it. And, uh, you know, what's the cost of non-compliance? What's the cost of a legal issue? What's the cost of a million dollar desalinization plant that you can't get delivered to your customer and so he's not going to pay because it's sitting in customs right it's a lot more than the ten dollars that you spent on these on these uh on these reconciled forms okay and so we went to what's what craig huey and i probably both call a magalog i think he calls it a magalog and we did it like a newspaper and it explains and talks about case studies and how they got solved by the by working with the right forms. Look at that, and it shows you how they how the forms work together. And then there's an article about it. It shows you the and and then we actually got into we got the we they were doing. Look at this, nice and big. It dominates the desk. Look at that in B two B. You throw this down on your desk, and you got nothing else to look at. Okay, and. Uh, and it really saved that business. Now, of course, then everybody went to online forms and it killed, you know, and then that was that. But but at the time, and we got the, we got, they were doing webinars and then we got the articles written by, see, here's a harmonized forms. That's what they were called. See that on the back cover? It's a talk about one day review course focuses on the export process. Okay. Learning about, all about my Kiladoras. I don't know what that is, but anyway, we had the we had the presenters, talk, you know, write an article about what they were presenting, and so we integrated the webinars and the the knowledge and the forms, right? 
Excellent, excellent. So that's what Craig Huey's talking about over here. And he they highlighted they did they they promoted the webinars and they promoted uh, they used digital direct mail and email to drive prospects to respond to their landing page or by phone. They gave them information about how to comply with HIPAA, which is exactly the same as we did with Hopkins. Um, bullet port, uh, points told you why you should re read the report. The results uh, exceeded the expected response rate by more than 50%. There you go. And did not increase the budget. Okay, so if you're in B2B especially, there's a lot of creative things you can do. There's a lot of ways you can make your presentation more interesting and you can dominate the desktop unlike trying to dominate the computer screen. It's impossible as I control the computer screen, but we can control the desktop. So that's enough for today. Oops, I forgot to I forgot to <laughs> go back to the article. There it is by Craig Huey. Have a great day. Like and share. Give us a call. I just set up an appointment to call to talk with one of the biggest catalog companies in America. So I hope that goes that'll be fun today. Feel free. Join WDMA. Bye-bye.